The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, your go-to source for all things movies. And today, we are talking about the most iconic movie couples of all time. I have my co-host and fiance here with me, Kelsey. How are you? I'm good. Is that the last time you're going to be able to introduce this me is as your the, fiance? The, the last time. After this podcast comes out this week, we will be married. Weird. So this is the last time I can introduce you as my fiance. That's so weird. So we're gonna get into this list. We'll even it's kind of inspired by us getting married this week too. We'll we'll talk about that, and then we'll also tie in the Friends reunion into movies because I saw everybody talking about it, and I was like, there's actually a movie angle here. So we'll talk about that too. A spoiler free review of the movie Cruella, which is on Disney Plus. Cruella. Cruella. <laughs> I tried to say her name in the movie and then Cruella at the same time. So yeah, that, that came out a little weird. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. <laughs> well, anyway, appreciate everybody here for listening. Without any further ado, let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, so as we were talking about just a second ago, we are getting married this week, and it kind of brought up this topic about iconic movie couples. Because I think we were going to talk about our favorite wedding movies but we've actually did that when we got engaged and we're like i'm pretty sure we've talked about that before yeah we started making our list and then we were like this list feels very familiar so here so if you want to go back and listen to that episode it's back in like october mm-hmm. when we got engaged and we talk about our wedding movies but today we're talking about iconic movie couples and what i define as iconic is somebody either their relationship or their characters in their movie are just so easily identifiable and also since their movies came out I feel like people will gravitate towards these characters and they're like, okay, I know that couple. I know at least one or two things about them. Maybe they get referenced in pop culture, but just something about their relationship has been modeled in some way in other people's lives with discussion. So who comes to your mind? Cause we have the listener list. I put together a list, but for you, who do you find to be the most iconic movie couple? 
Well, mine is also on the listener list. Okay, you want to just get into the listener list first? Yeah. All right, go with number three on the list. Danny and Sandy from Greece. How do you feel about that one? I don't think I feel great about that one. Why? They're just like a little problematic. I feel like Sandy changes everything for Danny. Yeah, but I still think it's they're an iconic couple. The other thing I think about is how many people would go dressed at these as these people for Halloween. Okay, fair. It's an identifiable look. The leather jacket, the greased up hair, the white t-shirts, and the jeans. Like, that's an iconic look. Was, I wasn't Sandy one year for Halloween, but I was a pink lady. Oh, really? Complete, complete with a poodle skirt. How do you feel about that whole 50s era of dress and of, like, the whole lifestyle? Is it outdated now? It's outdated. It's fun to like look back on. We'll say there's a 50s restaurant at Disney World that mm-hmm. my family and I went to. That was pretty fun. Okay. So, but do you like Grease the movie aside from its now kind of what, quote unquote problematic plot line? Yeah, I do. The songs are so catchy. I never really got into Grease. Really? I think I liked maybe Grease 2 better. But for some reason, I just never got into Grease. I don't know. I don't really, well, I don't really like musicals, especially like just the songs from that movie. Never really, it struck anything with me. Interesting. Okay. So, but I would not argue against them being iconic for those reasons. I just, I don't like them. Okay, fair. What do you have? uh, What do the listeners have at number two? Noah and Allie, The Notebook. I saw this one so much. Like it was just everybody, aside from the one that made it number one, this one was just like, easily my top one for everybody why do you think that is because he wrote her a letter every day but do you think their relationship like if we embodied anything from their relationship in our relationship like what is it about them that people love that movie so much it's just like the love story spanning years okay it's just classic and romantic nicholas sparks wrote it well okay is it that nicholas sparks best couple that he's ever written i don't think so I don't really like the notebook that much. And that's not because like I'm a guy and I'm like, I don't like the notebook. Like it's just, there's nothing about that movie that speaks to me. I got it. The couple from a walk to remember. Okay. That's a better couple. Yes. Okay. More romantic. Yeah. It's a sad love story, but they're just a little more like, I don't know. It's, it came out in 2003. Is that a spoiler? If I know that's, that's over 10 years. Okay. Well, her character ends up dying from, cancer but they like fell in love in high school and like he still gets married to her knowing she doesn't have much time left and it's just like oh breaks your heart oh that that got me a little bit (laughs) oh yeah you've never seen it i've never seen that one well crap i just gave it away oh there you go again i don't really care about spoilers i could still watch that movie and enjoy it even though i know the ending okay if it's a good movie i would still enjoy it great we're watching walk to remember later now i was gonna say but will i probably watch it probably not probably so (laughs) okay what came in at number one on the listener list I would like for you to cue up a little Celine Dion. Okay. Rose and Jack. From Titanic. Yes. I instantly agree with this one. Yeah, they were the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, when you think about this, even when I put the graphic up on Instagram, I used a little sticker of them because they're the first one I think of. I think it's because how big of a movie Titanic was when it came out. There's the whole controversy of the ending of the movie. There was room. (laughs) I don't think there was. And it's not just if there was room, it's whether or not they were both going to be able to stay on it and survive. I think I don't I don't think that door could have held two people's weight on on one thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is this a hot topic for you? It is a hot topic. Well, I don't. Why do people care? Okay. That, that Tone she, it down a that little. She would have been able to survive. Like they both would have fit on the door. Why do people care? Yeah. Because you don't want him to die. 
But then we wouldn't have, if they would have both survived that movie, it wouldn't have been a, that good of a movie. The whole point about it is that he dies and later she remembers him. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think about Titanic. I, I put together my own list as far as movies that, couples that I found like, to be iconic and whether I wanted to take something from their relationship and kind of put it into my life or just couples that over time I'm like, okay, those are the ones I would identify with. I don't think it's what everybody else feels like, but this is what I would put on my list. I'm scared to know what couples you're trying to incorporate in our life. Who are you trying to be more like? Well, at number three from the Simpsons movie, I have Marge and Homer. I'm giving you a look right now. Okay. But let me tell you about the plot of the Simpsons movie and why I put them on my list. And it's not just because I, I'm a big Simpsons fan. and That's an understatement. Okay. I'm a huge Simpsons fan. Thank you. <laughs> and it's not just the TV show, but in the movie specifically, Marge and Homer's relationship and their marriage really kind of gets put to the test. There's always an episode in every season where there's something happening in their lives it's either like they're going to, you know, get a divorce, break up. There's something in there. Every season? Yeah. It every, doesn't sound like a steady relationship. Yeah. In the very <laughs> few first seasons of The Simpsons, they have some hardships, but you will learn from them. And in the movie specifically, it's Homer being completely selfish, not thinking about his family and doing things just because he wants to do them, no matter the consequences. And then in this movie, you kind of realize and you see Homer learn that other people are also more important than him. And there's a part where Marge is like, in every marriage, you get a chance to say, I need you to do this with me. And it's a very kind of like touching part of the movie. And it kind of shows you how in every relationship you're going to be tested. And it's how you connect with your partner, how you decide to get over adversity and how you can come out stronger of things that could seem like you're over with. And Marge and Homer have always like fought for each other. They've always been there for each other, even when it looks like they weren't going to make it. So watching that movie, I was like, you know what? If I ever find somebody like that, it gives me hope that I could make it through. I'm intrigued that you just turned the Simpsons into something romantic. I, they're a romantic couple. Okay. And as an aside for how big of a Simpsons fan you are on our, like what? first few months of dating i came out to visit you in la when you were living out there and we went to universal and you made me take pictures with fake oh, simpsons characters uh, this past week leading up to us getting married i've been looking at all the pictures we took early on in our relationship and the, that one really made me realize how perfect you were for me because you don't love the simpsons i don't love the Simpsons. you went on that virtual ride you hate those kinds of roller coasters i with, closed my eyes but and, i and I you went with me knowing how important the simpsons were to me and how much I geeked out at that experience. And looking at that picture, you look a little uncomfortable in it. You're like, I'm standing next to a giant Bart and a giant Lisa <laughs> with this dude in L.A. But here we are. And I'm going to frame that picture now. Okay. <laughs> I love that picture <laughs> for those reasons. Because I know you did it because it was important to me. I did. So if we could take anything from Marge and Homer, take anything from The Simpsons, we'll take that. But I put them at number three. At number two, I put Princess Leia and Han Solo in Star Wars. And it's mainly from the line, well, their whole kind of relationship throughout the entire Star Wars franchise leading up to the very end, which I won't ruin those if you haven't seen all the Star Wars movies. But I was hanging out recently with a friend who him and his wife have Star Wars tattoos. She has I love you and he has I know on their wrist. 
And I don't know, that line kind of really stuck with me when I watched that movie. It was also an improvised line in the moment because you kind of learn the genius of Harrison Ford in that. Like, he's he knows Han Solo so well as a character. He knows him in and out. And in the script, it was only written for him to say, I love you too. But he knew, like, you know what? Han Solo wouldn't say that. Han Solo has this kind of attitude to him. He has this kind of smart eye, like overall demeanor to him he wouldn't say i love you too so he changed it to i know which is one of the best lines i think in any kind of romantic situation in a movie one of my favorite improvised lines and i think their relationship in that movie is iconic they're an iconic couple and i think we should dress as them as halloween for some year i think we should go with the wandavision costume maybe this year because it'll be in season in style but we should be princess leia and han solo some year I've actually never dressed up with someone for Halloween, so I'm okay with a couple's costume. Oh, we've though. never done that, have we? No, because the only Halloween we've spent together was last year. and There was no trick-or-treating then. Well, there was. We forgot to turn off our lights. Oh, light. we're terrible. <laughs> we felt so bad. There was somebody at the doorbell, and we didn't even think about it. And we look on the ring cam, and it's this little kid. And we were just like, oh, we didn't buy candy. We thought Halloween was canceled. We did think Halloween was canceled. But anyway, we'll put that on the list of things to do. Okay. At number one... The most iconic couple, I believe, the one that growing up as a nerdy guy who had any kind of like hopes to having a pretty girlfriend turn into a pretty wife, I went with Mary Jane and Peter Parker. Peter Parker is the ultimate nerd turned superhero. I've identified with Spider-Man since I was a young kid, and I always loved their relationship because he lived next door to her. He admired her for so long and then kind of finally went for it and they worked out. To an extent. <laughs> Makes me want to watch Spider-Man now. Yeah. And I kind of forget how much I liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Like how, not only how big of an impact they had on popular culture when they came out. Because really, that was like the biggest superhero movie for a long time. Especially when it comes to Marvel. Like before that, it was the Batman movies. But when Spider-Man came out, it kind of changed everything and legitimized superhero movies in a way that hadn't been done before. And I think that was largely due to them as a couple and their kind of overall will they, won't they kind of storyline. So I put them in number one. I, I really liked them together. I think of anybody who's played uh, Mary Jane in the Spider-Man movies, I really like Kirsten Dunst the best. Yes. So I went with those together. I would maybe now change out the Peter Parker, like going back to that time if they were doing those movies. Like, I don't think Tobey Maguire is my favorite. I just think those movies kind of meant something at the time. I really like Tom Holland. And I even liked Andrew Garfield a little bit. I don't even, was Tom Holland even, he was like a baby oh, when the original was. I'm like, Tom Holland's like 22. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's the list of mine. Um, an honorable mention I was going to put was Polly and Juno from Juno. I thought that they you were pretty. I love Juno. I love Juno. Love Juno. Uh, I was also going to put Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone from La La Land. But I had to look up their actual names in the movie and you had to look up somebody's name in a movie can't be that iconic or ryan gosling and emma stone in crazy stupid love great couple i wouldn't say iconic though okay <laughs> and then i also put together what i think are the worst movie couples that's for some reason people love and i never got when harry met sally we watched that last year i think I think you fell asleep. I, I don't know if you can say you watched it. Okay, I watched most of it. And that's one of those movies that people were like, I love this romantic comedy. I don't get their relationship. I think Harry's a jerk and I don't think it's a really loving story. I will say 
I don't love it either. And I don't, and I love rom-coms. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I also just thought of an honorable mention. What? The couple from Serendipity. That's a good one. Still, I don't think iconic, but they're a good couple. Um, but yeah, Harry Met Sally, don't love it. I don't think they're that great of a couple. Um, I would not put that one on any list. Also from the Hunger Games, Katniss and Peeta. Mm, no. I, I love the Hunger Games, but for some reason, them as a couple wasn't into it. Team Gale. I was all Team Gale, too. I so find my shirt that says that. I think I have it. I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> you took my shirt? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. When we cleared out all your stuff. Oh, when I, I was moving? I kept it. You did. I did keep it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I was never that big into their relationship. I think that took a little bit away from all the movies of like, I didn't care if they got together. I yeah, wanted, I also didn't really feel like she needed a man. Yeah, she didn't. Especially PETA. There was nothing there. I don't know. I, I didn't love Josh Hutcherson as PETA either. I didn't either. That was a <laughs> you know how sometimes you're like... Oh, you know, he was up for that role and he didn't get it. I couldn't see it without anybody else. That's a role that I could see. Like, I think they got the casting wrong. You're like, I could see with anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> they could have cast somebody else. And I think it would have been a better movie. And then also worst movie couples, I think, is Iron Man and Pepper Potts. I never really felt any kind of love there. Yeah. I know she did some things for him that some people enjoyed, like their whole kind of dynamic together. But when it came to that love story, I felt like it wasn't really a part of the entire Marvel franchise. That whole kind of Avengers storyline could have done without them together. So I put them as the worst. We're going to come back and talk about the Friends reunion, which we just watched, and how we're going to tie this into movies. Well, you have to figure out after this. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. 
You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk a little bit about Friends right now. We just watched the reunion. And I know this is a movie podcast, but I feel like there is a movie tie-in here because watching this... It was as long as a movie. It was as long (laughs) as a movie, first of all, but it's just a straight-up reunion. We won't spoil anything about it if you want to go watch it, but you are a big Friends fan. I love Friends. I am a moderate Friends fan, even though I've probably seen every single episode. I was just never, like, fully invested into Friends. I I don't think I ever called it my favorite show. I love it. One of my all-time favorite shows i started re-watching it last week um my mom and i love it i remember watching it as a kid with my mom on thursday nights it's just so good and i watch it with you and i enjoy it yeah and i find it funny i'd say like maybe the first few seasons i'm all into and then later when it kind of gets a little more they get more famous and the storylines change and like ross and Rachel or whatever, and then Joey and Rachel get together. Like, okay, I, that storyline. There's a whole lot started. of storylines where I get lost. I'm like, okay, I've had enough friends. But the movie tie-in here I found interesting during the reunion is they mentioned whether or not they would do another season or whether or not they would do a movie, which I think was something always kind of speculated, especially when this reunion was in talks of coming on to HBO Max. They were like, what if they did like a movie? Would you care to watch a Friends movie? I think it ended when it needed to end. That's what I found interesting when they said if they would do another thing like that, they were like, we don't want to mess up the ending of this. So, but I think if there were anything to come of Friends where they did something original, I don't think it should be another episode. I think it would be a movie. I think it does lend itself to a movie, but it's also like you don't want to ruin that ending, which it's very hard to end a TV show as well as they did. And I think any kind of movie, would it really make any kind of impact? Like, could they cover any storyline that wasn't covered already? I don't think so. So I just thought that part was interesting. And then I was also kind of breaking down each of the friends and how good their careers were outside of television getting into movies, which I think without a doubt, the one who had the best movie career was Jennifer Aniston. To the point to where I think she kind of got away from friends a little bit. Yeah. Among all the other people besides like Matthew Perry, Lisa Kudrow, Courtney Cox, David Schwimmer, Matt LeBlanc. I think like I don't think of Jennifer Aniston and think of her as Rachel from Friends. I think of her as now just a mega celebrity. And I still think of her as Rachel first. Really? Mm -hmm. I think of her as just like a straight up A-list celebrity. More so a movie star now than like a TV person. I mean, she does the morning show now on Apple Plus or great show, which is great. But I think that's also kind of her getting back into TV. I mean, she's done movies like like we're the Millers. Like I never watched that and thought it's Rachel from Friends. She's done a lot of great movies since. So 
And not only just comedy, but she's also done some more dramatic roles. So I think she's had the best movie career out of anybody who's taken a run at it. I would say after her would probably be Matthew Perry, which he kind of branched out a little bit while the show was still on. He did like Fools Rush In, The Whole Nine Yards. And then afterwards he did 17 again with Zac Efron. And that's about where and that's, that's about where it ends. But I, I think he had a pretty good career in movies after the show. I think I still identify him with Chandler a little bit, but I think he got a little bit away from it to where it's not like, hey, just do the line, do the line. And then after that, I would say Lisa Kudrow. Yes. Who was in, what's that movie you like? Easy A. Easy A. She was mm-hmm. the princi- principal. principal in that. She's in Romeo and Michelle. Yes. She was also right. in Band Slam. Shout out, Bobby Bones. Shout out. I don't know. I also don't see her and think she's like right on that line, too. She's Phoebe. She's Phoebe to you? She's Phoebe. I feel like she's right on that line. And then after her, I would say Courtney Cox, who was kind of starting out a movie career and TV career right at the time Friends started. She was in Ace Ventura. But her kind of main thing afterward was Cougar Town and TV. So, and then she also had a lot of success with the scream movies i was just about to say was she in scream or did i make that up (laughs) she was in scream (laughs) and i felt like that helped her a lot but then when the scream movies started not to be as good it was kind of like she's still doing scream movies but i think that helped her and then david schwimmer like that's just straight up ross i never really saw him as anything different even when he started doing other tv roles he did some producing in movies but aside from that Hasn't really done a whole lot. I think he's at the bottom of the list. And then Matt LeBlanc, old Joey from Friends. And then the ill-timed Joey spinoff that just fell Right flat afterwards, fell face. flat. He never got into really another TV show. He stopped doing anything for like five years. Didn't try movies at all. I feel like he was the most content with his Friends money. Like, I was going to say, here's the great thing. They didn't have to do anything after Friends. They really didn't. <laughs> They made so much money. I was just looking up how much they're each worth. It's amazing how much they're worth. I mean, just from what they made in the last season and then syndication. Yeah, they don't they don't need to work anymore. And just from, fun now. Yeah, just from that special alone, they made $3 million. Each? Each. Each for that special. All they had to do was hang out. So what did you great. think overall the special? What would you rate it? Five out of five smelly cats. Five out of five. It just like it made me happy like the minute they were all on screen i started smiling it just like warmed my heart like brought back all the nostalgia i didn't want it to be over but again i'm such a big friends fan you are i've seen every episode like can quote them all can tell you all my favorites can tell you what season they're in built the friends lego set would like the new one okay i as a moderate friends fan i gave it about 3.5 out of five foosball tables okay and I think that's because I, the only thing I kind of compared it to was the Fresh Prince reunion. Yes, you wanted more drama. I wanted more drama. They really didn't hit on it. And I know there's some good drama there. I didn't want drama. They touched on it a little bit about um, David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston's relationship. They kind of touched on it a little bit, but didn't get like into the details we wanted, or at least me, I guess. <laughs> so I wanted more drama. It was also just a lot more of like them reliving some of the friends segments, some of the jokes. I just kind of wanted more behind the scenes and like what was actually going on. Like they did it with the Fresh Prince reunion. But yeah, I feel like a solid 3.5. It was enjoyable. I learned some things, wanted to learn more. But anyway, 
That was our tie-in with friends and movies. Next, we'll give our movie review of Cruella. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Time now for a spoiler-free movie review. What's this movie called? Cruella de Vil. Oh, you're not going to sing it now? <laughs> no, that's, that's just, that, no one needs to hear that's that. That's just for that. Okay, mm-hmm. b- before we get into this review, here's just a little bit of the trailer. Get her. This doesn't have to be a scene. It really, really does. Can I just remind you all that I'm doing this in heels? Oops. What was your name? Cruella. If you can let's talk about Cruella DeVille. I think going into this movie, it wasn't that I wasn't expecting to like it. I just thought that how interesting could a origin movie of Cruella DeVille, the Disney villain be? And about mm, 20 minutes into this movie, I was all in. I was like, this is great. It's so cinematic. There's a lot going on here. It's so entertaining. 
and I loved it. Yeah, I didn't, in typical Kelsey fashion, I didn't watch a trailer. I just like to go into movies, not yeah. really knowing what to expect. From the trailer, I kind of felt like it was going to have like a more dramatic feel. I thought it was going to be a little more slow paced. But while watching this, it felt kind of like almost like a live play a little bit in the beginning. And there was just a lot more action, a lot more backstory and overall like plot twist galore that really made it entertaining to watch. And I don't know why I was kind of doubting Disney to not kind of bring that entertaining of a movie. Because and the Mulan redo wasn't. I think that's great. what held me a little bit like, okay, I don't think this will be great, but it's not a remake. It's just an origin story, which I, I guess that didn't really click in my head before we started it. So it is available on Disney plus for 30 bucks. And by the end of this, we'll reveal whether or not it's worth those 30 bucks, but it's also in theaters. Now, I guess the difference is, are you watching it at home with enough people to make it cheaper or do you want to go experience it in theaters? So what did you overall think about this movie? I thought it was great. Loved it. Loved the plot. Thought the casting was on point. The fashion was amazing. The music was awesome. A lot of seventies. It rock. just had like all around just a great movie that I wasn't expecting to love so much. And it was weird for me to like the fashion. It's so over the top. Yeah. And I don't really watch a movie and think like, man, the fashion in this is great. The costume design. But it's a big part of this movie because she is trying to be a designer. That's kind of her dream and her goal in this movie. And I was like, also, how are they going to make that entertaining? But it was. And you learn a lot about why Cruella DeVille is the way she is. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of like a like a Joker origin story a little bit in the terms of way like, less dark, Let way less that. dark, a Disney fied version of a Joker, Joker origin story. I would watch Cruella again. I refuse to ever watch the Joker again. <laughs> I'm just saying like to the point to where I didn't feel bad for the villain in this. Yes. So it's this whole kind of new genre now where they're kind of taking these villains and they're the anti-hero in a way, but they're also like the person you're rooting for. So I thought that was interesting. And visually, I thought this movie was amazing from like we were saying, the elaborate fashion design, but also just like the CGI, because there's a lot of dogs in this movie. They're not real dogs. I'm disappointed that they're not real. <laughs> and you almost can't tell in, por in parts of it. But while you're watching it, you realize yeah, it's a fake dog. I but, wish you hadn't spoiled that for me. Well, you would have believed it was. It, it is that good of quality of graphics of like. I mean, like intuitively, but like deep in my heart, I just wanted to think the cute dog. The was dog real. was too cute to be real, and too much of a daredevil to be real. Okay, but anyway, it it is great for that reason. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to feel like over two hours was going to be too much, but I almost thought it was just enough and. At the end of the day, is it worth the 30 bucks on Disney Plus? Absolutely. I would say absolutely. Yes. Because you don't lose anything by watching this movie at home, I felt like. Which mm -hmm. I think when it gets to big cinematic movies that are like summer blockbusters, I felt a little bit like you got to go see it in theaters to get that full experience. But I felt the same way I did it in a movie theater watching this because it was that good. It's going to be weird to like go back to a real theater and not be able to wear my pajamas, mm -hmm. pause the movie to go pee mm -hmm. or have my own wine and snacks. <laughs> yeah, it's going to feel weird. And I think we're still waiting for that movie to go watch together in theaters. I think we would have really enjoyed this one in theaters. Yeah. But I also like the at home experience now. So 
I think it is easily worth the 30 bucks. I don't love that Disney does that. I feel like you already pay the eight bucks a month. You're subscribed, you're invested in them and to have to pay that much on top of it is a little much. Like 30 bucks is a little steep. I like what HBO Max does and you can watch it same day. You don't have to pay anything extra. I don't really love the Paramount Plus example where it comes out in theaters like A Quiet Place came out on Friday and it won't be on Paramount Plus for like another three weeks. And then with Disney, you have to pay the 30 bucks to get it on the same day and it won't be free until August 27th. So I feel like that model, there's something still missing there. They haven't quite figured it out. Yeah, I think they figured out how to make their money and to yeah. make them happy. But I don't think that overall people love the idea of paying 30 bucks at home. The only kind of groups of people I see enjoying that is people with kids, which I get that. You know, you go to the movie theater, you have two, three kids. That's way more than 30 bucks. Going to the movies as a family is expensive. Yes, it is. I would remember when I would go with my parents and my brothers and my mom would be like, all right, well, that was an easy $100. That was an easy 100 bucks. And it's also like how, well, I remember you talking about your youngest brother. Y'all couldn't even go out to dinner with him because he was so much of a. That was a nightmare. If anyone listening has kids, you know that phase where like when they're done, everyone's done. Even if you've taken like one bite, you're done. So that's a whole other factor too of like, you know what? It would just be easier to watch it at home. And I enjoyed watching this one at home. I would completely say it's worth it. We ended up paying 15 bucks each if you break it down. I think that's totally worth it. That's about what we would spend anyway. Do I owe you $15? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I need that Venmo. Okay. Hit me with that. So <laughs> if you had to rate Cruella, what would you give it? 4.75 out of 5 mannequins. Oh, pretty good. I would give it 4.5 out of 5 CGI dogs. CGI Dalmatians, if you will. I think okay, the Dalmatians did not look real. The other dogs. Okay, the, real. yeah, the Dalmatians. You think you would get those like a lot better? Those visually represented. They well, I took off point five. No, <laughs> for the dogs. Yeah, the, the little dogs look pretty dang real. But I think you'll watch this one. You'll get an adventure out of it. You'll learn about characters that you didn't really think you would care about. I also. Do you feel like this is a straight on kids movie? Because I don't think so. I know. Like somebody DM me on Instagram asking like, like their kids love the original one. Would they love this one? And watching this, I didn't really feel like it was a kid's movie. It's kind of hard for me to like to determine now. Like, yeah, I don't, hmm. I don't feel like it's really a kid's movie. Cause it's a little bit darker. The whole story about it and it's the actual darker, plot line yes. is darker. Yeah. But also like Disney movies in general are dark when you look back on them. Yeah. I would say it's on the same level as maybe... I guess an Avengers movie in, in terms of how dark it would yeah, be. I think that's fair. So I think overall there's just nothing kid about it, but I think a kid watching it would enjoy it. I just wouldn't straight up say like, all right, put all the kids around and watch this movie. Yeah. It's definitely not that. Well, movie. there we go. That is what we think about the new Cruella. You want to get into some movie news now? Let's do it. Um, first of all, Marvel has released the first trailer for the Eternals. If you missed that, here's just a little bit of that trailer. We have helped them progress. And seen them accomplish wonders. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Now. I got 
gotta say of all the new marvel movies coming out the eternals is probably the one i'm the least excited about and even after watching that trailer i still don't care about it a whole lot i do like the diverse cast but overall when it comes to the eternals i don't think they will be the new avengers i don't know if that's really what they're going for anymore but not that excited about that one also in movie news johnny knoxville says that jackass 4 will be his last jackass movie and i don't think i realized that before this movie was announced and before i knew it was coming out this year but it kind of makes sense he's in his 50s now he's gone through a lot of injuries not just from jackass but all the stuff he did after it and i saw him in a gq interview when he talked about this and he looks kind of old now like i think the years of jackass and doing all these crazy things have kind of aged him a little bit more than maybe the average person. Do you just enjoy finding a way to bring up Johnny Knoxville like at any point possible? He literally that's like the third time we've talked about him this week. He literally did a GQ interview this week. Yes, I know you love the GQ. Instagram. That was everywhere. You combine two of my favorite things, Johnny Knoxville and GQ fashion, which I told you I want to dress like him when I'm 50 and it comes into movie news. Okay. But yeah, will you go watch the new Jackass movie with me? Yes. I think you'll enjoy it. Not that I know anything about it as far as what's in it. <sighs> it's Those movies are just so fun. And it's the last one he's ever going to be in. You'll never have to watch another Jackass movie with me. That's it. I don't know if I believe that. But, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's cool that he's going to end it after this one. I didn't even think this one would get made. So it's the last of the Jackass movies. And then finally, in movie news... Timothy Chalamet is going to play a young Willy Wonka in a movie called Wonka. It is basically a musical that will explore the early life of Willy Wonka. You lost me at musical. Well, really, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory is a musical. They would classify that one as a musical. All the songs in it. I agree. I just... If you want to see paradise, simply look around and view it. It's a musical. You don't think that's a musical? No, I'm just, I just wasn't expecting you to break out into song. Cheer up, Charlie. The worst song in the entire movie, by the way. Please stop. Okay. I, I'm actually going to get to interview a lot of the original cast members of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Which is going to be really cool. Which is going to be amazing. And I realized that they're only 60 years old. They're in their 60s. Would you think about when that movie came out? They were all kids, so I guess that makes sense. But for some reason, I thought they were going to be a lot older. So I think that'll be a cool interview to get to interview like the real Charlie Bucket. <laughs> that's how he likes his name to be said charlie bucket i was gonna say his real name peter when i realized his character name is charlie bucket which he is interesting because that's like the only movie he did after that he retired so there's some things i want to know about that movie some rumors that i've heard that i don't know if they're true like what the whole kind of dynamic was on set I think I heard that the Chocolate River was actually made of like real like sugar and cocoa to make it look like a Chocolate River and it smelled terribly by the end of filming for that movie. Ew, I can imagine. So I wonder about that. These are the things I think of late at night. Like I don't think, I think <laughs> us being in a relationship, I've noticed like it's not normal to like IMDB everything as much as I do or like Google things about movies. I Google people from movies like to see what they've done. That's on. kind of our favorite thing to do. Yeah. It's like we watch something and within five minutes we're like, what else were they in? Also, I'd like to know when you think about this late at night because you fall asleep in like five seconds. Oh. When, when are you thinking about Willy Wonka late at night? 
like in my head, the last few thoughts that run through my head, I'm thinking about like, oh, I could interview that person. What would I ask them about? I'm like, oh, well, that chocolate river was interesting. I wonder if that was real. And then I look it up later and I'm like, oh, yeah. That, that's how my whole process works. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Well, that has done it for movie news. Now in our own personal life news, we are getting married this weekend, which is, I don't, I don't even think crazy. I think it's more of a thing of like something I never thought I was going to do in life. I never thought I would find somebody who understood me in the way that you do. And kind of having that change in my life of like, you know what? It's not even a question for me that I wouldn't see you in every part of my life. And Can now you make me cry now. I'll save that for your mouth. <laughs> no. And it's just like that. We're so close to it now. It's kind of surreal. Don't you think it is? And I will, here's my not, not to sound like a Debbie downer. I am so excited for our marriage. I will be the first to admit I'm ready for our wedding to be over because I am so sick of planning it. Yeah, well, I said that on the radio show last week and everybody's like, I don't think you should say that. No, you can say it. I'm so ready for but it. But I feel like we both kind of had that mentality as far as so, like... So people ask me questions. People that are just trying to help and they're like, what color tablecloths? I'm like, I don't know. I think A tablecloth. <laughs> I think we're a little bit different in a way that we didn't have a perfect day in our brains. Like we were... We would have been honestly fine with eloping. And we're kind of like, you know what? We want to, at the end of the day, just be married. Like whatever happens, happens. We don't have this whole perfect thing in our heads. It's not something we've dreamt about since we were kids. I don't think we have this kind of vision of how the day would play out that as far as getting things right like that, we haven't had that situation. We also planned a wedding during a pandemic. Yes while I was finishing grad school and trying to find a job here. So like there was a lot going on. So as we go into our wedding week, what's the one thing if we're not looking forward to, I don't say we're not looking forward to, but we're ready for it to kind of be here and everything happen. What are you actually looking forward to about the day? Finally getting to be with all of our like friends again. Yeah. We haven't done that in forever. We're having a margarita machine at our wedding. I'm really looking forward Let's to that. Let's be honest. That's the thing you're the most excited. The margarita machine. If anyone needs me, I'll be there. Yeah, I think I'm the most excited to have all those people together, which is, I mean, I hardly have seen any family in the last year, let alone with like the people from the show and then your family together. Like that's never going to happen again. Yeah. So I think I'm just looking forward to that. Like once we're actually married... We're husband and wife, and we get to kind of celebrate that. I think that's what I'm looking forward to. But out of one singular thing from the day, I'm probably looking forward to our first dance. Yeah, we should practice that. <laughs> I, I think we're good. We've practiced a couple times. I think it's because... One more time. <laughs> I think it's because there was one point where the song we're dancing to, which we won't say, but I remember we danced to it in your apartment one time. We did. And like... When we did that, we weren't engaged. We weren't even close to getting engaged. But, like, I had that vision of, like, us doing that on our wedding day. And that memory kind of stuck with me. That song in particular and that kind of moment. And I feel like if my life was a movie, see the movie tie-in? <laughs> I would flash forward from that scene of us dancing in your apartment to us dancing at our wedding. You also teared up the first time I ever sent you that song. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. It's a very, like... In the moment of our relationship where we were at that time and when you sent me that song, it kind of solidified all my feelings about you and realized that I couldn't live another day without you. I couldn't have you in my life. And yeah, I think that's why it got to me a lot. So I'm also really excited that we picked that song. 
which I don't know, we may say later, but yeah, we can say later. I don't want to say now. Yeah. Anything else about the wedding that you're nervous about or excited about? I got to finish my vows. Yeah. We're writing our own vows. Might finish those on the plane. Can you look away? <laughs> which I've asked other people who have my brother who is married, my friend who is married about the process of writing your vows. And they're basically like, make it how you would talk and what you want to say. Because the only thing you'll look back and say, like, is like, if you were too kind of cliche and formulaic and you wanted to say the perfect thing, like literally just talk to me like you're just talking to me now. And I think that's kind of where I went about writing my vows. I get a lot of the, the ideas when I'm actually running and I'll think of something and then I'll come back and write it down. So I've kind of been writing it now for, I don't know, a few months. And I think I've even kind of changed it a lot because I was like, you know what, in this moment, like, this is what I want to say. It may come our wedding day and I change it completely. I just have to work on, as everyone knows from listening, I'm a sarcastic person. Mm -hmm. I'm sarcastic when I'm sad. I'm sarcastic when I'm happy. It's just like kind of how I just like mask things. Yeah. And so I need to work on not being sarcastic in my vows and like, it's okay to be sappy. Yeah. But I got to work on that because yeah. I, I could see myself being a little bit of a smart ass. <laughs> Can I ask you a question about your vows where you are so far? Is yes. there, is there any humor in it? Yes. Would you be surprised if mine didn't have any humor in it? No, because you've told me you've written several versions. <laughs> would you be not upset, but what would you think if I had a movie quote in it? Would it be expected? Yes. Okay. I think we'll be, yeah, I don't think we'll be super cut off guard about our vows on the day then. I need to write mine down too. I don't think I'm going to be able to remember mine. There's just a lot. I think I'll go off memory. Okay, are you done bragging here? You're done writing yours. No. You're going to go off memory. They're going to be sweet. They're going to have a movie quote. I'm saying, I think <laughs> on the day, you say what you feel. And even if it's not written down in front of you, I think it'll come to you. And I think that's how I wrote mine anyway. Just, what if I just wing it? What if I just like, I'm up there, I'm staring at you and our officiants like, Kelsey, time for your vows. <laughs> I'd say just wing it. Oh God, don't tell me to wing it. Wing it, wing it, wing it. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, that has been this episode of the podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening. And until next week, which full disclosure, it will be recorded before our wedding. Yeah, we're, we're a little busy next week. Yeah, it's we, a got some, we got some things going on. It's a very busy week. So it'll be a different, probably a whole different format of the podcast for that very reason. But anyway, there will be a brand new episode next monday so thanks everybody for listening if you're not subscribed hit that follow button hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening leave a review yes if you're listening on apple Podcasts, that quick little review takes about less than a minute tell us how much you love listening to our band <laughs> and hit those five stars if you don't mind and if you've done all those things before you know what you can do tell a friend somebody else who loves movies be like hey there's this podcast that's all they do is talk about movies i think you'll enjoy it that means a lot to us and until next week, later. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.